Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Second Turnbuckle Podcast. An original idea where two friends speak into microphones about wrestling. Never been done before. Can't possibly be replicated. Well, not the way we do it. <laughs> no, no. We put a really unique spin on it. We really, truly do. Yeah. Really I mean, selling I mean how, many, how many wrestling podcasts have you listened to where one of the attendees has COVID. I mean, mm. like three years later, like I, I don't like jumping on trends when everybody else is on them. I like, you know, showing mm. up late to the party and making it my own, you know? Yeah. You were wearing bell bottoms in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were back. So I, I just tried them on. I didn't purchase them. <laughs> True or false. You wear Jinko jeans to this day. <laughs> you, you know what? I just, right when uh, we were talking about this, I'm like, I'm, I've been dealing with one of the worst colds, COVID, one of the worst colds that I've ever had. Mm. And I show up for this podcast recording wearing basically the same thing I would have worn anyways, except the one day I looked like a Freedom Convoy trucker, (laughs) (laughs) which I believe is your favorite, your favorite outfit. I'm going to start wearing costumes just to throw you off. (laughs) You should. Best part is, I mean, if. Nobody else can see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fun fact, last week he was totally naked. Uh, with that, I had a sock Crash on. Andrews. One. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, I got nothing at this point. With that, shall we talk about wrestling for the better part of an hour? I believe that's what we do here. Yeah. Yeah, I yep. think it is. Yep. Um, I will say there's not necessarily a great time to talk about two things in particular. Makes it's sense. It's either we talk about it at the end of the show and end on a sad note. We put it at the middle of the show and have to turn and be like, but we still got something else to talk about. Or we talk about it at the start. I think that's probably the better way to discuss these things. You know what? I think, I think the one, I don't know what number two is. I'm, I'm trying to think. So I know what number one is. Cause you and I were kind of DMing back and forth. So yeah. why don't we take care of that one? Because uh, we both grew up with Jerry, the King Lawler uh, mm-hmm. as one of the voices of, Oh, do you call him the greatest duo? Because I'm, I'm a big monsoon. Bobby the brain Heenan era that's that's those are my guys but i can Mm. understand how a lot of people would say it's jim ross and and jerry the king lawler Mm -hmm. so i think let's uh and i don't mean this is disrespectful but let's let's jump into that one let's get that out of the way uh and then let's handle number two and then um i've got some thoughts about current product as well that i'm sure that we'll get to as well so uh if you don't mind zelda key let's uh let's start off with lawler yeah, so the uh, the word came out earlier today that uh, Jerry Lawler suffered a stroke uh, at his home in Florida. Uh, the most recent updates that it's it's some I've seen some that have said, "Hey, it's looking okay." Others have said, uh, "We don't really know yet." It's not worth speculating on. We just simply right. don't know. All we know, unfortunately, is that um, you know he has suffered a you know a serious health event at the age of seventy three. And yes. 
you know, it's it's one of those crazy things because obviously just within the last month, you know, the 30th anniversary of Raw, there's a lot of talks about, you know, the you know, the positives, you know, the highs and the lows and the the 30-year history of that show and of course one of the lowest moments, like the fucking scariest moment uh, was the fact that it's it's been over a decade now since it really looked like Jerry Lawler passed away on live television. Right. Um and obviously now for him to you know, have had all this extra time still being active in the ring. Um, I mean, again, the term, the term legends overused, but Jerry Lawler is a legend of wrestling. It would be, you know, a shame even, you know, a, a full life lived of 73, like no one's sitting here, um, you know, really doing anything, but hoping for the best. Um, right. And like I said, he, we just, we just don't know. Like takeaway is WWE WWF work. He's still legendary status. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the Andy Kaufman stuff. Everything that he did in Memphis, he put Memphis on the map as far as wrestling goes and turned that into something that could be carried on. Um, I don't mean to speak of him as if he is gone, but mm. it really pains me that he only got one WrestleMania match and it was against Michael Cole. Considering... <sighs> how important he was to wrestling in the late nineties, early two thousands. I mean, his, his feud against Bret Hart. I don't know if you could find better heel work for somebody who shouldn't have been in the ring with Bret Hart at that time, but he made that, uh, he made that spot so important for him to be in that you wanted to see Bret Hart just kick Jerry the King Lawler's ass. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that was the kiss my foot match. Yeah. Which <laughs> seeing Bret Hart unlace his boots and have that stinky sock and uh, shoving it down. Uh, and that's how we got uh, Kane. Uh, fast forward mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> but um, yeah, you d- you obviously when you get to an advanced age, uh, things are going to happen and they're scary every time you hear about it. He seems to have been Teflon for so long. Uh, I just, like I said before, like, I hope, I hope he finds peace in not having to step in the ring again. I don't think he has to, but I don't know his financial situation or anything like that. But you kind of hope that, hey, step back. Like, he's the same age as my dad. My dad's 74. Mm. I, I wouldn't want my dad to be continuing a wrestling career at this stage of his life. So. Yeah, I. The only thing I can say is love the guy. He's one of the most amazing heels, said some of the most terrible stuff that we got away with in the in the attitude era, (laughs) the birth of the puppies. Um, I wish him all the best. I I don't mean to speak not for you, but uh, yeah, just scary stuff coming out uh, the news uh, earlier today. Yeah, so we're we're hoping for the best uh, in that situation. And again, hopefully it's uh, a while before we have to sit there and kind of go into further detail about a legendary career in a, in terms of essentially you know, utilizing the guy. So all the best uh, to Jerry Lawler. But that's obviously the biggest story in wrestling today is just we wait and see. And then there's the other negative one, which actually did involve a death. Uh, and that being Lanny Poffo in the right, past week. Right, right. Um, which, uh, you know, 
again, it's just one of those ones where it's anytime I had seen Lanny Poffo, it was always just like he's just this quirky, eccentric person still in like tremendous shape, though. So you hear that he passes away at 68 and it's like, oh, shit, he was 68. Like, yeah. That's just one of those ones that doesn't compute for me. But but for wrestling, I mean, wrestling, if you make it to your 60s in wrestling, you've made it to your 80s or 90s. Right. In a regular life. Like, let's be honest. Mm. Not not suggesting that he took any type of performance enhancing drugs, but it, it he was in that era. So it mm-hmm. it's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, he God, he debuted 1974. Jeez. I mean, <laughs> like that was before I was born, Toogie. <laughs> yeah, he was he was 19. He was 19 Jesus. at the time. Was he was he leaping? Leaping Lanny Poffo at that point? I don't know if he was that early, but you know, obviously it was like, okay, his his dad's involved in the in the wrestling business, Angelo right. Poffo, and then obviously both he and his brother, Randy, Macho Man Savage, of course, and ended up very much in the wrestling business, both of them. Um but and you know obviously like Lanny you know didn't seem to be too upset to have his name always be brought up and say like, oh yeah Lanny Poffo brother of Randy Savage he didn't right. seem to be upset about that and I'm glad like that's that's the right way to handle it I could understand why somebody wouldn't but the fact he's just like yeah my brother was fucking awesome is is an admirable quality to look at because I think that he knew. Uh, based off of interviews that I've seen over the years, he knew that there were people out there that respected, you know, what he did in the business. Not that he was uh, the biggest name of all time. He bounced between you know numerous places for 11 years before he even appeared in the WWE. And then, of course, like, yeah, you know, there are people where it's like, if you are familiar with, you know, 80s, early 90s WWF, you are well aware of the genius, and that is one of those characters and one of those performers that will be remembered. And obviously, it has very much been talked about, you know, having a a win over Hulk Hogan on Saturday night's main event and everything, and you know his ties with with Mister Perfect and uh, the feud with uh, Brutus Beefcake that led to him getting his hair cut, and <laughs> he had a lot of a lot of high quality moments in his run. Uh, in the WWF and God WCW wise too. Good for him. He fucking robbed that company blind of money. <laughs> oh my! I don't even God. remember him in WCW at That's all. That's because he okay. So I'll, I'll read this. I'm going off the Wikipedia side of things. Yeah, yeah. Poffo signed a WCW contract in 1995, but may have wrestled only once during his time there. Two sites record him as having defeated a preliminary wrestler in a dark match on a taping of WCW Saturday night in October of 97. In a later shoot interview, Poffo explained that he was contract or contacted by his brother Randy, who was wrestling at the time, with the guarantee of a contract. Uh, Savage, who had purchased the gorgeous George gimmick, offered the character to Lanny, feeling his brother would generate heat as a heel. So Lanny signed, began training, bleached his hair blonde, he was ready to come back, and they just never brought him back. He was under contract for five years oh my god receiving this is... regular paychecks and 95 had to wrestle 95 is when they started bringing guys over like hogan was mm-hmm. like 94 95 uh god end of yeah yeah 94 
Yeah, and then March wasn't that shortly afterwards. Like, we're not talking about, like, Monday Night Wars here yet. Mm. But they were bringing, like, Davy Boy jumped. Uh, Anvil jumped for a little bit, I think. Jake the Snake mm-hmm. jumped. Uh, Ravishing Rick Root. Like, a lot of the WWE names you did see on TV. So the fact that they couldn't find anything for him for five fucking years <laughs> is is absolutely astonishing. Uh, the, the memory, and we've brought this, um, we brought this, uh, this angle up on stream before the, the lasting memory I'll have of the genius is the demolished heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. Cause I believe correct me if I'm wrong. That was the match that he won via like disqualification or count out or something like that. And then they took the title to the back and, and destroyed it, which then yes. became the hardcore title. Mm-hmm. Mr. Perfect was involved. That's why I kind of have that question. Was it a Mr. Perfect match or was it a genius match? No, it was the same match. Yeah, it was the, the genius beating Hulk Hogan on the Saturday night's main event in... <laughs> oh God, I think that was November of 89. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. It was like, Hogan's first loss um, in 21 months. <laughs> previous previous loss was Andre, and I think that was the, the dual Hebners. <laughs> match as well what was so that was trending the side go on a side tangent here that was trending because there were two of them <laughs> hulkamaniacs <laughs> what am i to do there were two of them anyways um but yeah that lasting image so if it was around 89 i was nine years old and just the the sheer villainy of taking the prestigious heavyweight title and taking a sledgehammer to it. Mm. There, it that's a lasting memory in my mind. Like I saw that live and I couldn't, I didn't know how to cope with it. It was like the storytelling back then. And this is Mr. Perfect who never got, I mean, he had heavyweight title matches, never won it. And the genius who was a secondary character and who just beat Hulk Hogan and they go to the back mean jeans interviewing them and they take a sledgehammer to the 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 winged eagle like mm-hmm. it was it was something to to watch as a 9 year old it was crazy so again you know it's just uh it's two tough topics to kind of kick off something like this with but um i will say it's worth for those of you who aren't as familiar to Go back, re-familiarize, you know, refamiliarize yourself with the work of Jerry Lawler, both in the ring and out, um, especially, you know, while he's still here. And hopefully he is still here for a long time to come. Also, um, remember, it was a different time. That, too. <laughs> <laughs> that, too. Yeah, just some of the stuff that he got away with, like, spur of the moment. And, and JR just let it happen. Like, you know, mm. sometimes you'd get that, like. Oh, come on now, or whatever. But mm-hmm. for the most part, it was he was in his playground and, you know, ooh, I, I don't know if W, I mean, it's a publicly traded company now. Back then it wasn't. So who cares? <laughs> Very true. Um, and yeah, for Lanny Poffo, I mean, again, like the WWF moments are there. Um, there was a lot else, too. I mean, he wrestled his last match in January of 2020. You know, so it's it's not as if, you know, he wasn't still very much involved in the wrestling business um, 
I believe he had a podcast as well. Those episodes are still out there too. So um, yeah, just two kind of down notes um, highlighting the week, unfortunately. Just to, to echo what you were saying though, too, if you are going to go back, also go back and watch interviews with Lanny Poffo talking about Randy Macho Man Savage, especially mm-hmm. after he passed, because, um, you know, you would expect a brother to speak highly of, but in the world of wrestling, like you never know, but it was, it's nearly on the same level as Brett Owen, like the wholesomeness, the like mm-hmm. both wanted each other to succeed. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get the on-screen uh, pairing uh, against one another. And I mean, if you had Brett Owen, you can't have uh, Macho Man Randy Savage versus the Genius and run the same story at the same time. But mm-hmm. how he talks about his brother is uh, damn near inspiring. Like, just you have the opportunity to tell the world who already knew how much of a hero that guy was on screen. Um, to be able to share how you felt about him and it almost puts him on a higher pedestal is, uh, is amazing to watch. So, uh, hard, hard right turn here, right? Like I said, there was going to be no easy way to do it. Right, right. Uh, Let's get into talking about the WWE side of things for the week, because I got to be honest, AEW wise, I don't have too much to talk about. You know, they're still building up towards their pay-per-view in terms of, oh, the ratings are up, the ratings are down, their rampage wasn't, they might have a streaming deal, the video game's not coming out, when's that gonna come? It, it's mostly all the same stuff. Like, you know, they, they stay at the course, basically. There's nothing gigantic from an AEW perspective right. to talk about this week. Just really quickly, one of the things that I tracked down was Melter actually said that uh, Tony Khan is actually smarter than uh, Bischoff. Now, Bischoff was able to put WCW at a higher level at its peak, mm-hmm. but he sees a lot more coming from uh, from AEW because of what Tony Khan is being able to build and, and how it all is coming together. And it's not like rushed and all that stuff. Just a, uh, it was kind of a TikTok video that uh, crossed my mm. For You page. But, uh, you know, well, Meltzer doesn't necessarily give the highest of praise unless it's actually um, something that's earned or whatever, right? To that point, I don't know how comparable the situations are because it's weighted on a scale, right? Because when WCW managed to grab their foothold, WWF was in a terrible, terrible spot. Right. Whereas when AEW starts... WWE, WWE was in a terrible is, spot. I, I get yeah, apples and oranges. I get apples and oranges 100%. percent spot but creatively, but not financially. Fair, Whereas in 1995, fair. the WWF is in a pretty piss poor financial state that would continue to get worse really up until 1998. Right. Yeah. So no, I, but, I understand that. There was actually rumors that WCW was going to buy WWF, WWE at the time too. Uh, mm. When WCW was uh, running up the the ratings uh and i get that too i mean 83 weeks we always hear about 83 weeks we haven't heard about one week with aew but everything that's growing everything that he's doing uh seems to be working and it's really idiots getting in his way it's not him whereas you've seen with the growth of wwe the main idiot that's gotten in the way has been vince 
So, but uh, to, to talk, I guess it was a comparison against AEW and, and WCW as well. I mean, once you let the inmates run the asylum, maybe you're the idiot as well. So, I, I, but like I said, it's just a little tidbit of uh, something that I came across with AEW that uh, I found quite interesting. I I don't subscribe to Meltzer too much, but I also know he's a tough man to please. He doesn't give out praise that often. So WWE wise. Yes, sir. I again have to mention the phenomenal main event scene. I still think, um, you know, there there's good to bad Mm -hmm. on the rest of the card typically. Um, But they're doing a hell of a job right now in balancing the Elimination Chamber build while Mm -hmm. also still building towards Mania. And I think this week, they killed it. SmackDown-wise, you have Sami Zayn attacking Roman Reigns. That leads to the confirmation that they will indeed have a world title match in Montreal at the pay-per-view. And then Monday... You continue to build towards Roman and Cody, but through Paul Heyman and a phenomenal segment between he and Cody. They're doing a great job. So I will agree with hesitation. First off, I want to formally announce Bray Wyatt didn't wrestle this week. (laughs) Um, uh, there's some hesitation. One of the, one of the biggest long-term pitfalls that I've absolutely hated with WWE is booking something further down the road and trying to get us excited about something sooner. Um, Case in point, I think there was like a crown jewel and then like Survivor Series where they were trying to hype up all the matches at Survivor Series. But also Roman Reigns is... Maybe it was like the... Uh, the Paul Reigns match at at Crown Jewel. Mm. Just to use as an example, whether I've got this right or wrong, you know he's got a heavyweight title match at the next pay-per-view. But they also have Crown Jewel. And at Crown Jewel, he's got a heavyweight title match. You know, like, and they never venture off that script. Whoever's fighting in the first match never wins to take on the person on the next one. Now, there have been instances where they want to change something, and they usually use Raw or SmackDown for that. But, like, I don't think I really need to convince anybody that Sami Zayn was never going to beat Roman Reigns. It'd be cool, but the storyline's not really going that way. It's kind of more pushing towards the Usos. So... It's going to be a cool match. It's going to be a very interesting match. I'd love to see how it builds. We know we're getting um we know we're getting Reigns and Rhodes at WrestleMania. And they're not separating the titles, so it can't be, you know, lose one at Elimination Chamber and lose one at WrestleMania or win one at you know, just how it's set up. I it's always been like one of the biggest potholes that WWE seems to get themselves in that makes me a little less excited about the pay-per-view that we're heading to rather than I'm super excited about WrestleMania. Not all that excited about 
elimination chamber unless like somehow they managed to pull this off because they know that we're thinking this way, but they never do. You never see the challenger win the first one and replace the champion at the next one, if that makes sense. With the exception of, at least the only one that came to mind to me was Rock winning the title back from Kurt Angle at No Way Out in 2001 to face Austin at Mania. Okay. That's yeah, the only, that wasn't that's on my radar the only one that comes to mind for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and I mean, in my head, I was thinking of like, um, Jinder Mahal. They didn't want Jinder Mahal versus Brock Lesnar at Survivor mm. Series, so AJ Ooh, Styles fair. wins it at SmackDown. Fair. Right? Or they don't want Daniel Bryan <laughs> the year after to take mm. on Brock Lesnar, <laughs> so they bring in Randy Orton or or whatever it is, right? So, yeah. like, we do see storylines just change just like that, just because they don't see that payoff at the end. But the big payoff over the next two months is Reigns Rhodes. There's nothing out there. I love what the Bloodline's been doing for the most part. I want to see them split up the titles so that Raw's meaningful. <laughs> they're, they're a show that there's a heavyweight title to go after. Um, but yeah, now the payoff and we've been talking about this for months. I want to see Sami Zayn win the heavyweight championship, but I know he's not going to. He's yeah. going to go with Kevin Owens and take on the Usos at, at WrestleMania, which is awesome. But it's not quite the payoff of six months of what we've been enjoying. And now we're pretty close to the finish line of what that storyline we got invested in. Yeah, I mean, they're they're very, very likely to go with a similar scenario of clash at the castle, Roman still beats Drew, doesn't matter, but yeah. Sammy will at least get a better follow-up where, yeah, very more than likely, how was that match decided at Elimination Chamber? Jey Uso. And Jey Uso, for the moment, falls back in line. They have their tag title match. Zayn and Owens at Mania. They win it. Feel good moment spurns into whatever the Reigns Uso story is going to be once Reigns loses the titles and basically all the titles are gone out of the bloodline. So, again, I for just, someone who's not all that interested in WWE in a general sense, though, they have pulled me in with the storyline. Like, I will watch that main event. Yeah. Uh, I thought of another uh, title change. Well, two, actually. And the other one involved The Rock which we knew that The Rock was going to take on Cena at WrestleMania. Mm. And they they put the title on The Rock at the Royal Rumble off CM Punk, which made absolutely no sense. And then the uh, Goldberg beating The Fiend so he could take on Brock Lesnar with the title, which mm. again, absolutely made no sense. Not necessarily the same, but around the same vein is what you were expecting and what you got in the end. But those, you knew that those matches were going to happen. They just, for some reason, thought, hey, this would be more important if we had a title in there. And it didn't make them any more important. It actually tarnished both matches, as far as I'm concerned. I don't really have anything else to add, WWE-wise, at least for the moment. I don't know if you do. And if not, we can move on. I just, I think the other thing that I wanted to bring up is... We, we kind of talked 
what was going to happen with LA Knight after the Bray Who Wyatt cares? match? cares? I like, I'm liking LA Knight. Honestly, like, I like his character. I like, you know, the fact that they trusted him in that spot. We both thought that that match was going to go on longer. We thought that that match was, should have been a better match, even though it did have that, that gimmick, that shtick to it. Mm. Um, and even like, what, how are, what is going on? Like, are we getting the Wyatt six? Are we still, are the puppets real? Are those people going to wrestle in those suits? Like the Ninja Turtles? Like, I, I still, you've said it a hundred times and I've repeated it. Like what they're doing with, Oh, okay. This just popped in my head. It was something that I wanted to bring up. They're putting too much money into Bray Wyatt. They're putting too much money into the costumes, into the lighting, into the production. Just let Bray Wyatt go and wrestle. Because I think it's all the other stuff that they think that we like. And it's not that. We just want to see when he was going up as the Eater of Worlds. We all wanted to see him win the world title. And then when he won the world title, they dropped him like two two or three months later. We don't need puppets. We don't need uh, black paint We or uh, blue lights or black lights or uh, Mountain Dew or anything like that. We just need Bray Wyatt to wrestle and let Bray Wyatt be that character. He doesn't need masks. He doesn't need Sister Abigail. He doesn't need any of that extra stuff. And I think that's what's irritating me the most. It's not that he's not in the ring. It's that everything else is happening. And they're putting way too much money into the production and and we're not getting any payoff out of it. I'll say this in regards to those two. L.A. Knight. Who cares? Because. What's his ceiling right now? I'd say it's Intercontinental at this point. Is it? I think so. Intercontinental U.S. title. I think it is. Is he going to reach that ceiling? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what in day the of the past, week is it? In the past, sure. I don't know if him beating Gunta for the title is a realistic scenario. Like, is he is he that over? Is he going to be able to carry the title the same way? Like, his promos will be better, but his ring work, again, the guy is entertaining as hell. His ring work's bang average. I I just like I I can barely see him at that level right now just because of who's ahead of him in the packing order. I want you to remember this day cuz on your uh award-winning Twitch stream at twitch.tv/tugi24 at the end of the year if he hasn't won one of the two Mid titles, and I'm not talking tag team, I'm not talking anything else. It's either IC or US. If he goes back to NXT and wins the NXT heavyweight, doesn't count. One of the two, Intercontinental or US. I'm putting five gifted on it <laughs> by the end of the year. Fair enough. I mean, I think it could happen, but right now I just don't see it. Like, he could be the guy who takes it from the guy that beats. I could see him like- taking it from Austin Theory. That's fair. Yeah, if there were to be a, a, a switch up there, I could see that. I'll give you that. Because he but is kind of trending. He's kind of trending to m- more towards a face. 
But I mean, they also put him in the spot with Bray Wyatt, so they've trusted him with that higher profile spot, right? So I think the next logical for him is, uh, yes, he still needs a little bit of build, but I think the next logical for him is a mid-title. So, and I agree with you, it's not going to be off Gunther's waist. And I sure as hell hope we get Gunther uh, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Good lord. Two meaty men. Bumping meat. Bumping meat. (laughs) That's going to be, that would be a match. Good lord. So, Bray Wyatt. Who the hell cares? Because who is he going to have? Who's he gonna? Who's he gonna wrestle at WrestleMania? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like, does it, it matter? Because at the end of the day, this is again a character you're not going to be in the world title picture, right? And I'm sitting here looking through the roster. I like who. Who on earth are you going to be like, yep, that's the person that he's going to wrestle? Um, Because it looks like Drew and Sheamus are still very much caught up in the tag scene. Logan Paul's probably going to be squared off with Seth Rollins. Right. So on the quote unquote SmackDown roster, it's not going to be Ricochet. It's not going to be Braun. Shinsuke, if he comes back, I guess. Legitimately, the only person on that fucking SmackDown roster is Karrion Cross because they both do spooky shit. But nobody's into that. Like, nobody... That's you're what into I'm it if, saying. <laughs> no, I know. I, and I'm agreeing with you, and I think it, it speaks to what I'm saying about the overproduction of Bray Wyatt right now. They're right. putting too much into it, and we're not getting anything out of it. And I get the money's not coming out of my pocket, but stop doing the stupid vignettes and stop making masks for 16 different people and, you know, turn on the goddamn lights. (laughs) 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 We just want to see Bray Wyatt wrestle. He doesn't need to paint his face like Jeff Hardy. He just needs to go out there and beat a guy up because he is a, I'm pun completely intended. He's Husky Harris. He is a big dude. So it is believable that he could go into the ring and almost beat up anybody on the roster. And we've seen it, but we're not seeing it again. And what we're seeing is overproduction. It's almost like the end. If they spent the same money that they did on the NWO, but it was the LWO instead or the blue world order. Like that's what we're getting. We're getting too much money invested into a character when the character could just be himself and go out there and beat people up. I'm looking even at the raw side of the roster. There's nobody interesting on a big scale. It's not going to be Austin Theory for a title. Uh, They still got all the weird Alexa Bliss shit going on, so maybe there's some mixed tag match. Maybe it's him and Alexa against Edge and Beth. Oh my god, just make the connection already we don't need 16 weeks of alexa bliss kind of switching back and forth just just plug just put it together and it won't be edge and edge and beth is going to be um that'll be uh finn and uh well finn and rhea ripley yeah yeah so we're gonna get edge and and finn balor which is gonna be an amazing match 
Yeah, I mean, that frees up Rhea Ripley at Mania to take on Charlotte. So, like, legitimately, that's it. Like, there's there's nobody overly interesting for Bray Wyatt, in my, from my estimation off of what I'm seeing here, for this Mania match, to the point where you look up articles of, and I did, of Bray Wyatt's WrestleMania matches. Right. It's dud after dud. Like, I'm sorry. Like, there is an article here on Sports Skeeta, as everyone loves that site. But to the point, skeet, skeet. Bray Wyatt's five best Mania matches. <laughs> Number five. <laughs> against Randy Orton at WrestleMania okay. 33. Hold on, hold on. Before before you continue, are two of them against Orton and two of them are against The Undertaker? You'll see in a second. <laughs> Number five, him and Orton at WrestleMania 33, known as the match where Randy Orton walked down the ramp with the sperm and the match where all the creepy crawly bugs were projected onto the <laughs> ring. That's number five. <laughs> That's in consideration. Yeah. Because they had to find a fifth one for a top five because this character gets fucking neutered every time. But okay. Number four. Number I'll, I'll let you can. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Number four. Yeah. The arm bar. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania 34, which he wasn't even fucking in. He helped Matt Hardy win it. Yep. And that's yep. number four. <laughs> the best the best matches are <laughs> including a match he wasn't even in. Yes. <laughs> number okay. three, him and John yeah. Cena, WrestleMania 30. Yeah. He fucking lost. Right. It's still like, be a say good what match. you want. It's his first WrestleMania. Oh no! And wait. He fucking lost. Okay, this wasn't. Oh my god! Don't tell me Firefly Fun Match is one of the top two. Number two, Bray Wyatt and the Undertaker at WrestleMania 31, which he lost. That he fucking lost. Right. After losing the scene of the year before, he he fucking was served up on a platter as Undertaker's bounce back opponent. Right, right. Number one, Firefly Funhouse. That's not even a match. It wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for the pandemic, right? Because it happened yes. in 2020. Yeah. And it wasn't Dude. even a match. It was, it was a fucking experience. But that Doogie. wasn't a match. It was Doogie. a great I enjoyed that a lot. That was not a wrestling match. Toogie. Toogie. We we don't censor ourselves all that often. But that list is utter b- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you got the beep from my... <laughs> I did. I did. Okay. It should be good. Yeah. Well, um, To that point, all of those are in consideration for his best match, and rightfully so, because there isn't one. He's only had, like, two other WrestleMania matches, and both were, get, like, one was Orton, one was uh, Undertaker, and maybe that was, it. there was, like, one year where The Rock came out and took on the Wyatt family. Yeah, no, it was, it was Rowan, and he rock-bottomed Rowan right. and beat him in three seconds. But they didn't, they didn't have a match nope, at that WrestleMania. They, they just showed up to to disrupt or whatever and the rock came and uh 32 oh, was the Cena. longest mania of all time right 
Fuck. Um, See, yeah. I, you, you're not wrong in bringing any of that up. And I don't think anybody would make sense with this character. I think this character has to take the mantle of early Undertaker. Where, or, or put like a Papa Shango. Or whatever. Like, he has to be feared because he's got something else. And it's an unfair advantage. Go I, ahead. I'm going to want to change the conversation after this point, okay? <laughs> because it's, Maybe. it's a problem. Depends on what you say. There is one obvious character for him to have a match with at WrestleMania. Don't you say the boogeyman, you motherfucker. <laughs> It's going to be Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy at Mania, isn't it? Mm. Mm-hmm. That was the obvious one. I was trying God, to That's going to be like Undertaker up, versus but... Undertaker at, at SummerSlam. Like, it'll be that awkward. Like, I get that I'm... they're two different people, but... I'm sorry. I get it. WWE, when it's, when it's good, it's good. But... And I tend to ignore fanboys for both sides. AEW isn't perfect, yeah. even though I prefer it. We need to it's stop pretending that Triple H is batting a thousand, everybody. Yeah. He's not even close. Not but even this, close. This, this is the point that I'm trying to make, is they're putting too much money into something that they haven't really planned out. Like who the next sacrificial lamb is going to be. In the back of my mind, in the back of my mind, I thought AJ Styles, if he was healthy, because he's kind of a top name, and he doesn't have a title, and he doesn't really have any heat or build or anything behind him right now. But yeah, there's there's nobody that makes sense when all the other dance cards are full. It's like he's the drummer. He's the guy who's left. Everybody else is paired up with somebody, and the the seven or the the six out of the hot girls has to take the drummer. It's a bad analogy. It's the COVID. To move on, then. I don't think you're wrong, though. I think that's what we're getting. Yeah. Good. Good for Bo Dallas. That'll be good. The two brothers will get a match. It'll be his first WrestleMania match, won't it? Oh God, it might be. Yeah. Hmm. Did he get a match well, with B Squad? Because I know, like, when Miz was doing his, um, had them as like his accomplices or whatever, he kept putting them into the back. Well, you search Bo Dallas WrestleMania, and all that comes up is like that he was in like a a test match. He basically was someone's warm up match. Or third, yeah, something. <laughs> you like should that. love him if he fought Test. <laughs> I you you would think you would think is oh, is Tess still dead? <sighs> Unfortunately. Speaking of dead, <laughs> today in wrestling history, that would have been an amazing segue. No, nope. no, it wouldn't have. <laughs> no, it wouldn't have. <laughs> Again, it's the COVID. I apologize. The only thing of note, really, on this day in history. Uh, February 7th, uh, is that in 2008, WWE announced that they severed ties with developmental territory Ohio Valley Wrestling. OVW, of course, the promotion that 
as this article quotes, nurtured the likes of John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, Batista, Cody Rhodes, Shelton Benjamin, and many others. The reason I bring this up is because there was an article making the rounds from avclub.com titled, It's Time We Admit It, Dave Batista is our best wrestler turned actor, and it's not even close. Hmm. So, Crash, let's go down memory lane when it comes to wrestlers as actors. And I want to say that there needs to be a proper distinction between wrestlers turned actor and wrestlers making cameo appearances in films. Yeah, Not I, I necessarily that. as yeah. themselves. Yeah, oh. I don't think, as fucking amazing as it was, that you can properly consider Macho Man Randy Savage as an actor, despite the <laughs> fact that Bonesaw is amazing and is always ready. Much like I got you for three minutes. <laughs> like he was playing Randy Savage. Like that, oh, there wasn't any acting. He was just being the Macho Man. Roided out Macho Man in a cage with a teenage boy with s- spider strength and. Mm. It's a good time. It was a good time. Um, so I I referred to an article from from GQ as well from uh, last or uh, excuse me, Jesus Christ, it's uh, August of 2021, almost two years ago now. Isn't that insane? Uh, that talked about the 20 best wrestlers turned actors. This doesn't include everybody. Um, you're not going to see the likes of uh, DDP. On this list, and you know, you got to give DDP some credit. I mean, Devil's Rejects, he was in some other things, but you know, he, he was never going to make this list. Um, Triple H was never going to make uh, one of these lists on a high note. He actually might be in this list, but I mean, you know, Triple H for what was it, Blade 3? Right. If I'm not mistaken. What was the um, one where he was like the convict turned bus driver? Uh, the chaperone, right? The chaperone. production. <laughs> what about Kane? What about Kane? And uh, was it Hear No Evil? See No Evil. And See I no don't, Evil. I don't think we include that. I don't think we include Big Show in. Well, mm, Big Show, though. Okay. So, see, Big Show. I was going to say for Knucklehead, but. Captain Nishino. He, <laughs> he qualifies for the water boy and more importantly, Jingle all the way. Oh. Oh now, my gosh. Is Kevin Nash. <laughs> Kevin Nash has got to be up there. Super Shredder. He was in Punisher. Yes. Yeah, so see, that's kind of my point, right? Like just trying to distinguish like, okay, there are levels to like, yes, you're kind yeah, yeah, of an so actor to like, you're a fucking actor. Come on now. You're, you're actually part of the story, not just, just something to move on to the next thing. Bone saw being like, that like right he never showed up later on in the movie or anything they've never called back to it um it wasn't gremlins 2 where hogan shows up as hulk hogan <laughs> okay so see you're getting ahead of me now let's slow it down yeah, yeah no 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 i'm i'm so, i'm helping kind of set the ground rules of what we're talking about um super you. shredder wouldn't count for kevin nash because we really didn't know it was kevin nash on screen yeah. right I don't know i might consider that though okay it's good okay. so on that uh on that gq article uh it has ronda rousey at number oh 20 god 
Just, I would that rather shows you where we're at, right? I mean, she yeah. was in Furious Seven, The Expendables <laughs> Three, the Entourage movie, the Entourage movie, <laughs> and uh, 2019. She was in a Charlie's Angels remake as a flight instructor. As a flight instructor, um, and it, yeah, I. Mm. It should be like a sporacle. <laughs> right it should be <laughs> I I can't say she's not and I don't consider Ronda Rousey an actor no let's move on number 19 Hulk Hogan wow okay uh huh I thought that that would be like okay on an entertaining scale I would have put Zero. him way higher I understand why he's 19 but on an entertaining scale I probably would have put him in the top 10, maybe top five. Mm. So here's the thing. For every Thunderlips, <laughs> you do yeah. get Gremlins too. Yeah, yeah. You get Suburban Commando. The Undertaker was in that. <laughs> he was as a goon and he had a baby voice and it was... Oh, Mark Calloway, we love you. You have No Holds Barred. Which I have is, to watch that again. I was about to say it was shit, but let's be honest, it was dookie. It's for, for the 80s, it served its purpose. It doesn't age well, it's terrible, but for the 80s and what came out of that era, it's not that far off from mid in the 80s. I I will say yes. Tiny actor, Lester. just a fucking shit one. Yeah, yeah. No, you knew what you were getting with a Hulk Hogan movie. That's why I say, like, I get where he's nineteen as far as being an actor, but as far as like entertainment value, I think I would have put him way higher. To each their own. Number eighteen, Steve Austin. Stone Cold, Stone Cold. That is one that they tried to just force on us with like Universal Soldier and the Longest Mile and or the Longest Yard, sorry, the Longest Yard. Trying to think what else he was in. As a as an actor. The first Marine? No. So Longest Yard, the Condemned is probably what you're thinking of. Damage, the Expendables. Hunt to kill. Like, he essentially... They tried to turn him into Rambo. It's like, here's Stone Cold in an action movie. He has fight scenes. He's going to punch right. people. And then he was also in in Grown Ups 2. I think... Oh, yeah, because wasn't he like a cop with um with Shaquille O'Neal? I think so. I didn't Grown see those too? movies, but I think I've seen clips of it. I think the, the main reason... Stone Cold didn't take off was because The Rock did. And they went Mm. like, oh, The Rock's doing it. We can do this with Stone Cold as well. And it just was too soon. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that I'm I'm not saying that Stone Cold would have been the Scorpion King, but I think some of the roles that we've seen The Rock in, you could fit Stone Cold Steve Austin in, and I don't think it would change very much. Number 17. I I do, by the way, consider Stone Cold. Like I'd give him the, the proper actors credit. I'd yeah. say he's that. 
Number 17, Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's for one thing, but it's a pretty heavily acclaimed thing. The Mandalorian. In which she has appeared in two episodes. Right. Hey. Too early. Yeah. Too early to call. That those those are those are almost like again, I don't think cameo appearance necessarily ties it to like, oh, you appeared as yourself as a can that's a cameo appearance. It's like you are a famous person in an acting role as opposed to being an actor. See, and this again is why I will defend my I would put Hogan on an entertainment value higher on the list because Sasha Bank made the Sasha Banks made this list for two episodes of the Mandalorian. Fair. I mean, in terms of total body of work, you could do that. Yeah. Number sixteen <laughs> is Stacy Keebler. She had guest spots on the George Lopez show. Oh my God, we're here. Chuck, Psych, How I Met Your Mother, Bubble Boy in two thousand one. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Jake Jane Hall's greatest performance. I, I'm sorry to Stacy Keebler. I I just I don't I, think I that belongs on the list. It. I I can't quite put you in. And oh like my God. acclaimed actor territory if this argument is starting because we're talking about the heights that Dave Batista has hit. We're going to get the Bella Twins for Total Bellas. Like, mid, now, there uh, will be some that are missing, and I can't wait to hear from people as to whether or not it's like, oh, well, what do you think about this one, that one? Yeah, yeah. Number 15. Andre the Giants. Anybody want to pull up? <laughs> He should be higher on the list for the Princess Bride alone. I don't know what other credits he had, but um, he should be in the top five. His only film credit is the Princess Bride. He also appeared as Bigfoot in two episodes of the Six Million Dollar Man in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's why he's knocked down a couple pegs. Yeah, Come on, Andre I mean, the again, Giant in the Princess Bride was so endearing and... Is he an actor? No. Yes. I mean, okay, in in what we've tried to explain, he should be a hell of a lot higher than two television episodes Sasha Banks two spots earlier. I agree with that. He is like he was one of the marquee in The Princess Bride. Like you can't have The Princess Bride arguably at that time. Who else does that character at that time? Nobody. I mean, but again, it was Andre being Andre in a sense. Like, that's the appeal is that he's fucking huge. Right. But has a personality. Right. No, and I get that. But I think based on the guidelines that we've said, and I mean, the other thing is Andre, the professional wrestler never really had a lot of dialogue he never went on like diatribes or never really engaged in a lot of conversation and that's why they paired him up with like dibiase or uh uh bobby heenan like 
they were the Heyman to Brock Lesnar when Brock Lesnar broke in. So that you wouldn't have to hear, Hogan, I'm going to beat you at SummerSlam. Like, he hmm. didn't really, but to be able to carry that character in that film, I think it's a travesty to not have him in the top half. Number 14, Kevin Nash. Yes. 100% I'm okay with actor. 100%. Super is, Shredder, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Punisher, like you mentioned, Longest Yard, Grandma's Boy, and the greatest thing that ever fucking happened to him was becoming friends with Channing Tatum. Yeah, uh, being, the dog movie. The entire Magic Mike series, he was in that fucking movie, what was it, Dog? Uh, yeah, Dog, with Channing yeah. Tatum. Yeah, yeah. 100% Kevin Nash qualifies for this list proper. Yeah. Yes. Higher or lower, though? Or do you think he's where he should be? I would argue. We'll see the other names that we get into, won't we? I would argue that Kevin Nash, I would put higher than Andre the Giant just based on quantity. Fair. Number 13, Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh my God. Predator is one of my favorite movies. Predator, Demolition Man. Yes. Oh my God. Why is he not number one? Like, 90 sci fi (laughs) is my jam. And nobody ever says, is my jam anymore, you nerds. <laughs> Little remembered fact. Also played a guard in Arkham Asylum and Batman and Robin, the one with uh, Arnold yeah, yeah. as Mr. Yeah. Freeze. Yeah. Um, he was in The Running Man as well. Sure was. Um, 17 movie credits on IMDb for Jesse the Body Ventura, um, including a terrible fucking movie in which he was the leading role uh, OSW review did a movie review of this. Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe. Watch I... their review, Crash. I will link it to you later. I'm gonna yes, bring please. it up on YouTube right now, uh, so that I remember. Uh, terrible, terrible movie, but no doubt, uh, Jesse Ventura qualifies. No doubt. Yes, hundred percent. But I will say that your qualification of Andre the Giant fits Jesse the Body Ventura because Jesse the Body Ventura always played Jesse the Body Ventura in the future Fair. against Fair. a predator. <laughs> he was the same guy. I'll give I'll give you credit on that. I won't I won't claim to not have my take be slightly hypocritical in some regards. I, I will agree to that. That's the first time I've ever heard you say something like that. Fair enough. <laughs> Number 12. <laughs> the Great Kali. No. For I'm his appearance Keebler above the Great Kali in the longest yard. Get Smart and MacGruber the movie. <laughs> what kind of range does the Great Kali have that he beats out Kevin Nash on this list? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Was he Shakespearean trained? No. <laughs> he learned English during the filming of The Longest Yard. He he spent half the movie chained up in the supply room. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I could have done that. Number 11. Edge. Hide your wives. It's oh. Edge. Um, in terms of film roles, yeah, that's... not much going on there, right? But television roles yes. is where it takes off a bit for Vikings. the man. Uh, was it Psych or something similar? Uh, his his primary 
role. He had 10 episodes in a show called Clash Time. I don't know what that was, but no. 42 episodes on Haven, which I think Haven, was on sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 25 appearances on Vikings. Yes. 100% an actor. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Shout out to Edge. We kick off the top 10 of this list with Bill Goldberg. Uh, I cannot put Bill Goldberg above Kevin Nash on my list. List of movies includes Universal Soldier, yep. which I think, do you the remember when they tried to that. switch his theme to the Megadeth song? Uh, slightly. And the intro video was like him in like this spaceship kicking the <laughs> shit out of people. I'm pretty sure those scenes were filmed for Universal Soldier. So, Universal Soldier. Go ahead, go ahead. He also starred, of course, in Ready to Rumble, as himself. Looney Tunes back in action. The Longest Yard. And, of course, Santa Claus in Santa's Sleigh. So, the, the one little tidbit out of this so far... Uh, was that Bill Goldberg and Stone Cold Steve Austin were in Universal Soldier, The Return, together. But they were contracted to the, uh, like, WCW and WWE. This is before Bill Goldberg jumped. And this is mm. after Stone Cold Steve Austin, was stunning Steve Austin, jumped as well. So they were in the same movie while still working for the opposite companies i remember that being kind of a big thing at the time but not big enough to like that universal soldier uh sequel did not do well what seals goldberg as an actor for me i i'm not sure of the ranking here but um, is it looney tunes 11 episodes in a show called the goldbergs in which no. he played a character no. known as coach nick no and six no. episodes on NCIS Los Angeles. No. As Lance Hamilton. <laughs> Remind me next time we play Eshel. I'm changing my name to Lance Hamilton. <laughs> Number nine. Gold, a shocking Goldberg. appearance on this GQ list. Diamond Dallas Page. So. I was going to ask with Bill Goldberg. Can we even consider ready to rumble? in our rankings because now we're in the top 10 and now we've seen two mm. no <laughs> love the movie entertainment wise yeah but uh yeah okay keep going ddp with 23 movie credits to his credit the most notable still has to be his 2005 appearance in rob zombies the devil's rejects um I, I would give him credit as as an actor. I mean, again, um, not the most notable roles, but he still takes on, you know, he still takes on some spots here and there. So I, I'll give him credit for that. Not the, you know, I mean, again, he's probably in the same tier level as an actor as most of his movies are produced. Uh, but, you know, I, I can see why he's here. Him being above certain people, though, is surprising. Yeah. Again, Kevin Nash. That's I'd put him below Kevin Nash just because of the quality over quantity. 
Number eight, Triple H. I I, I don't know how. Um, again, uh, he appeared uncredited uh, in a, a Danny DeVito led title called Relative Strangers. Apparently, Batista was in that too. The most notable thing is Blade Trinity, and then you get into his WWE films, which of course are The Chaperone, um, and Inside Out. That had Michael Rapaport and other oh, people right. in it. Yeah, yeah. Which um, was another no. like convict. He he does not qualify as an actor to me. I'm sorry. Like you no. Especially if your two film titles are, are WWE, WWE studio led <laughs> movies. No. There, there absolutely was a, not. There was a time during the original Spider-Man run where there was talk of bringing Venom in, and I couldn't help but think that Paul Levesque would have made a amazing uh, Brock. Um, trying to think now, because it's a wrestling podcast. My head is at Brock Lesnar. Um, but because uh, the original, like the cartoons and everything, had more of a muscle-bound guy than we got with that 70s show. Like... Mm. It, I at that time I thought that uh, Triple H would have made a better Venom, and there was rumors that he was in consideration, which may have put him a little higher on this list because he would have had like a full character in a major motion picture that wasn't backed by WWE. But yeah. uh, no, I agree with you. I, I don't the the quality here is not that great either. Number seven, China, an actress of a different kind. <coughs> That's not the COVID. Um, that is not the co- oh. appearances as a police officer in two episodes of Third Rock from the Sun. It also mentions appearing on Celebrity Deathmatch, which I do not count. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't count. The surreal life does not count. She was not <sighs> an actress. I mean, and she, if she was. did appear on things more often. <laughs> it was just her as herself. I mean, <laughs> or as mm. She Hulk. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> Moving on. Number six, Chris Jericho. He had yeah. his own TV show. He had his own TV show in Canada. But I, I am Chris, Chris Jericho. Jericho. Yeah. It was on YouTube, yeah. Um, I gotta be honest again, I eh. Eh. You know? Just eh. Like he had a couple of spots in movies, like I mean, okay, I will say. Actor, you know why? Because he went out there and agreed to be in Jay and Silent Bob's reboot movie in 2019, where he played a leader of the KKK. Hood and all. (laughs) So you know what? Chris Jericho, actor. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know enough about Chris Jericho to say that that's not quite Chris Jericho, but I'm going to just, you know. I'm going to presume. Yeah. I presume it's not. So good acting, but, Chris. But again, um, like one of those, again, the requirement is, did he play a role that kind of carried a film or was an integral part? And uh, in that way, not really, no. Yeah. So we get to the top five. Number five, we already mentioned him. It's Randy Savage. It doesn't count, but Bonesaw is a fucking hero. So then we get to the big four. That's what they put for number five, which just Bonesaw. Yes. He had, 
Wow. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we get to the big four. Um, I will note other people on different articles had like Nathan Jones mentioned for like Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> that was about it. Um, let me know again if we missed any. Here are the big four. Yeah. John Cena. Yeah. Actor. Yeah. 100%. And, yeah. you know, I think some people could maybe kind of argue against him a little bit. Peacemaker sealed the deal. 100%. I- I'd say it was before that, but I will let you have that as well. Because for me, again, you, you remove the WWE films of the Marine and 12 rounds. Oh, and yeah. Legendary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but Daddy's Home 2, uh, Cock Blockers or Blockers, I guess. Uh, Bumblebee. Bumblebee. <sighs> I will go on record as saying Bumblebee is the best Transformers movie since Transformers, the movie from 1986, the animated movie. Fair enough. So John Cena in the top four. All of these four are going to be considered actors. Now it's just a matter of who we think is the best. Right. Number three, Roddy fucking Piper. Yeah. But the, Again, the amount of credits, I think, hurts him here. I don't know, because he, I will get you an official count off of IMDb. He, in movies, had 46 credits. No shot. 53 on television. Now, again, as a leading man, eh, for every they live, there was hell comes to Frogtown. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, he tried. Yeah. And then you have the TV spots, the two episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and right. just a bunch of other things over the years. 100% qualifies as actor. I don't think he's competing for the number one spot here. I got to be honest. I don't think John Cena's competing for the number one spot. I think it comes down to the top two that everyone's expecting. And it is the guy yeah. who led us to this conversation, Dave Batista, taking on The Rock. The Rock, yeah. And to that article's credit, the idea of is Dave Batista at the very least pushing The Rock as, you know, a wrestler turned actor for that top spot. He's getting there. He's mm, getting there. Mm, here's, here's why I will disagree. Okay. Dave Batista played an alien. <laughs> the rock alienist. No, 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 I'm not against Dave Batista at all. That That's a, you're against four. aliens. Apparently. No, 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 I, what I'm saying is, is he's branched out to do uh, The Rock when you see a rock. Okay, um, Rampage. The Rock played basically The Rock. Uh, the the whole or the Tower movie. In not Inferno, what was it? The, he uh, played a guy missing a leg. Oh like, yeah, way that to, one. Okay, way to branch out, right? <laughs> um, his movies with Kevin Hart. He's That's just basically playing Dwayne Johnson in those. Mm-hmm. Like the only stretch that comes to mind is Star Trek Voyager. So the rock actually did play an alien. I, I retract that statement, but like the movies that we get with Dwayne Johnson are Dwayne Johnson in those situations, except for maybe the Scorpion King. But half of that was him 
or the mummy, he was CGI. It wasn't even Dwayne Johnson. With uh, Batista, he's going from Drax to eccentric to, like, knock at the door. He's very reserved. Mm. Like, we are actually seeing range, and he's going over here, and then he's doing a character over here. Like, he's actually not playing a muscle-bound... Um, like, he's not playing himself in mm-hmm. 16 different roles over the last five years. So right. I would put Dave Batista ahead of The Rock. Financially, it's The Rock, hands down. Oh, of course. The Rock has made way more money than everybody, anybody, even the entire world, should ever see. Right. But uh, as far as acting goes, I would put Dave Batista on his short resume ahead of The Rock on his larger resume. I tend to agree. Again, you mentioned for Batista, Drax was in Spectre, James Bond back in 2015, um, Blade Runner in 2017. I mean, he's it's been the different types of roles where, yeah, that is the biggest meme about The Rock's movies is he just plays himself. And an even bigger meme is the idea of here's The Rock in a dirty shirt out in the jungle. What movie is it from? Is it Jungle Cruise? Is it Jumanji? Is it Walking Tall? Is it The Rundown? Like, which movie is this? The Rundown was a good I like that one. I did like The Rundown. I gotta be honest. That was a good one. Christopher Walken. Do you understand the concept of the Tooth Fairy? (laughs) And speaking of the Tooth Fairy. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We didn't have too much else to talk about for this week. I just kind of wanted to go through that and just be like, oh, yeah, that's right. These wrestlers were kind of actors. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the big takeaway. I think that article kind of hit the nail on the head. You could very much make the argument that and again, it is down to those two wrestlers turned actors. It is it is a Batista versus The Rock conversation for best. They might not have put on your favorite performance of all time, but in a general work sense. Yeah. How the hell did they not put Bret Hart in there? Other than it's an American publication. Because he was on a show in Canada called Lonesome Dove. Yes, he was. He acted on Broadway in Aladdin. He was the genius. Uh, he, he, I mean, cameos. He, um, he cameoed on The Simpsons a couple times. Yes, he did. Like, take a look but at Bret Hart's Kali IMDb. made the list. With, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was Sasha Banks with two episodes. Like, look at Bret Hart. I agree. I agree. This list is bullshit. Crash Andrews with that. There is only one way to end this podcast, and it's not the way that you're thinking. Oh, no. It's with a quote by somebody else. (laughs) You've got this one? As well wishes to Jerry Lawler. Yeah. I'm going to read off a couple of these. Again, you can follow Crash on Twitter at... Twitter.com slash crash underscore Andrews. I'm going to change my my name to fuck you, Elon. (laughs) Twitch.tv forward slash crash Andrews, all one word. I am everywhere at Tookie24. A few quotes from Jerry the King Lawler. Of course, he had his great rivalry with Brett and always ragged on Helen and Stu Hart. Oh my God, legendary. Helen Hart's the only person I know with an autographed copy of the Bible. You know what so they call good. a good-looking girl in Philadelphia? A tourist. Ooh, a good one. 
good one. Coco Beware is a crossword wrestler. He enters the ring vertically and leaves horizontally. (laughs) This one's a bit on the nose. I'm not embarrassed to be seen with younger women, except when I drop them off at school. Oh, I remember that one came up on like the the for you page. That one was that. that, Yeah, that crossed the line. But at that time, it did not. Oh, God, there's there's some other ones. Jake Roberts wife is real ugly, but according to him, that's nothing a six pack and a light switch can't fix. (laughs) I can see Jake Roberts saying that, too. Oh, my God. I just some some of these some of these are are something. He pushed buttons, which at the time it was the perfect era for him. Like he would not that there's a reason he wasn't they took him off TV when they did. And to end this show. When David killed Goliath, May Young called the cops. Oh my god. <laughs> Good night, everybody. (laughs) 